Welcome to UUCSW Reflections, a podcast by the Unitarian Universalist Congregational Society of Westboro, Massachusetts. We're glad you're here. Welcome to UUCSW Reflections. I'm your host, Amanda Hall, here with Reverend Laurel Gray. This is the monthly episode of this podcast where we reflect on recent sermon themes and answer questions from the congregation. If you'd like to submit a question, please email it to podcasts at uucsw.org. Be sure to say which sermon your question is about, if applicable, and don't worry, we won't share the names or identifying information about question askers on this podcast. In this episode, we'll be discussing the sermons Journeying Together, Water Communion, and On This New Year, all of which can be found in this podcast feed. Laurel, welcome back. (laughs) We're back at it. We are. (laughs) Which is so nice. It's very nice. It's fall. Like I'm actually wearing a sweater today even. Oh, amazing. I wore a a flannel shirt as a jacket for like two minutes outside the other day before getting too hot well so we're getting there i did (laughs) good effort (laughs) yes and this is our first episode back i know since your summer break of the new church year which is exciting i'll say i started the church year to get myself amped up and ready i listened to our june podcast and was reminded of how much we giggle but also have really good deep theological conversations and it was great so oh cool if you missed the last one it was good (laughs) How about we try to aim for at least one of one out of two <laughs> with the giggling and like insightful theology yeah. on this, Great. just sort of like warming back up yeah. into the groove. It's and our vibe. Not put too much pressure on ourselves. Great. So here um, we are. <laughs> cool. How is so? I I called it a summer break, which I realize is totally inaccurate. Um, how was your summer intensive? crash preparation for the next year right yeah so so as ministers we often because we you know like work on holidays typically is sort of part of our our role in the world um so often we end up taking basically all of our time off in july when the church year really dies down um Mm -hmm. and then often august is spent as study leave um which is really our time to like prepare and be ready and like ministry is a really high burnout profession so it's like don't burn out right like what do you need to do to to feel ready for another year and to be grounded um so I spent my study leave worrying about COVID (laughs) Mm -hmm. that sounds restorative and rejuvenating great it was really fun um yeah, it was actually sort of humanizing because at our at our first like UU um, minister group in August, everyone was like, "We're really tired, <laughs> and mm-hmm. this is weird." Normally, we're really yeah. excited right now, and this is confusing. So that was helpful that like I was not the only one in the state of like we thought we would be doing in person services right now, but also now there's this Delta thing. And kids going back to school, like, like, what on earth do we do that's actually responsible? So There's only so many times you can get the rug pulled out from under you. Yeah, yeah, without just feeling tired. And so now I'm sort of like, 
okay, supposedly we're going to come down off this peak now or like soon, that would be great. I'm not holding my breath just because I've done it too many times. <laughs> like, yeah, right. So, so it's made for it sort of strange entrance into the year, both because we, um, I mean, if you remember, like, remember in, in June, that was before Delta when people didn't have to wear masks. It was like this moment of freedom. Um, and so, but then come August, Delta was, you know, running rampant all over the country. Um, while we were trying to figure out, like, how do you keep little kids safe at school? Um, so it was just a very, very different entrance into the fall than what we imagined it would be in the, like, at the Mm -hmm. end of the church year. Um, so that was, that was jarring. Um, and it's really hard to be one of the people who has to say, like, I know that we wanted to do this and I just don't think it's a good idea right now. Like, it just... I don't think it's safe right now, even though that's disappointing. Um, so yeah, study leave was like a nail biter, if you will. <laughs> mm. so, so you, we are very similar in the like plans and schedulers oh, yeah. and like I love, all of that I stuff. I love a good planner. How, <laughs> asking for a friend who is me, <laughs> like how do you stay like how, how do you access same. a well of flexibility? Oh, when, like, that's a good term. Things just like over and over and over don't go according to plan. Well, so this was like my sermon about packing for camping. Yeah, that was that was probably directed at myself. <laughs> <laughs> After all of my like, but what about this plan? Like just like compulsively mm-hmm. in my head, thinking through like all the ways that things could work or not work or and like what it would mean and the ethics of different things. Um, and I will say like we had to take ethics classes in grad school and none of them actually compare to the reality of ministering in a pandemic. Like it's mm-hmm. it's like one, one big um, ethics dilemma. Yeah, so I think, because I've been thinking about this too, especially as we come to the end of September and the decision that the board made in August with the staff's input and recommendation was that we say that we would do September and October, the Sunday services would stay on Zoom because it would give us the time to like start the church year and have enough time to plan ahead um, with the acknowledgement that like, we don't actually know what's going to happen in September and October with COVID. Um, and so now that we're at the end of September, which is when I start thinking about, right, November planning, um, now there's the question of like, well, we need to make a call now about what to do for November, um, which then means Christmas soon, right? It's just sort of like wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so I've been feeling the sort of pressure of that. And what I've personally found um, is that... It's sort of like those those core things that I talked about, right? That like, there are the things that don't change, regardless of if you have to change course. Um, and mm. those are like, what are our core values, right? What are our fundamental commitments? And then how do we be creative inside of that place of like, wholeness and groundedness and like honoring the disappointments? Um, so I think I feel like it's, like instead of getting attached to the plan, it's getting attached to like the core values that don't change that are always the drivers of whatever the plan will be. Because mm-hmm. then it feels a little bit less 
like everything's getting upheaved, right? Um, yeah. So it's firmer footing, if you will. That is good advice. <laughs> I mean, I'm supposed like, to be a genuinely, minister, that's right? That's good advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. People give a lot of advice, but that yeah. was like very good advice. <laughs> know what matters most people (laughs) yeah well and the I mean the values that you listed are according to my notes which I take because I'm a planner and a note taker (laughs) I love that part of this whole thing amazing um all people are equally important stakeholders in our community which includes centering the needs of children yep um universalism so grounding in hope and creativity and possibility Mm -hmm. rather than fear Connection is core human need. Yep. Individual flourishing is tied to collective flourishing. And we pack what we can and share what we have. Those are great is ideas. That... <laughs> I know. It's almost if like. If I may say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you came up with them yourself. Amazing. For your own sermon. Thank you, yeah. August Laurel, for being mm-hmm. helpful. <laughs> yeah. So that was a productive yeah. time. Not off, but. I did spend like a whole eight hours one day trying to research finding exactly the perfect planner. So, you know, I'm also human. (laughs) It's a rabbit hole. There's no perfect answer. (laughs) Everyone on the podcast, stop listening. (laughs) Laurel, where where do you buy your planner from? (laughs) I bought it from um, Papier, however you say that. Um, I don't love it. It's a daily oh, planner. No, after, I know. After all that research. I know. I tried something new and it was informative and now I think I want something different. So. Yeah. This is why you never try anything new. I know. Obviously. Is I the moral. Know. I know. I, I'm such a creature of habit. <laughs> I got the one that I could find on the whole internet that was most similar to the one I was already using last year. Oh. And it happened to be from Staples. So. Great. Yeah. Whatever works. <laughs> right. Anyway. Holding Anyways. on to those things that are constant. And I know. In addition to those grounding beliefs, <laughs> grounding things I know about myself are mm-hmm. I like to organize things in this particular style of planner. Yeah. And Amazing. that can stay the same. Amazing. Changing times. <laughs> we can always hold on to the constants. <laughs> Indeed. Just buy enough for um, the rest of your life, right? Mm-hmm. yeah just i'll just like get a subscription service of planners amazing um so another thing that there has been some uh like society level change around yeah. is attitudes towards the relevance of religious community in our lives which yep. you also mentioned yeah um and i think it's <laughs> the like equivalency that was drawn is like people look at ministers like they're blacksmiths and yes oh my gosh it's Um, so weird and so mm -hmm. funny like how how do you deal with it when people because it feels kind of condescending like oh that's cute (laughs) oh there's an immense amount of condescension like the number of people who've been like oh i'm ordained too i got an internet thing to be a minister is like i went to yale (laughs) it's like when i want to pull the like ivy league card and be Mm -hmm. just be like do you have you have no idea what you're saying also you wouldn't say that to a man go figure that's probably true right um yeah i laughed so hard when i read that line in that book and i was like okay great this 20 dollars of book cost Mm -hmm. was worth it for that one sentence i feel so seen um 
Well, and so there are also like all these ongoing studies about like the nuns, the people who don't go to church and don't um, like ascribe to any religious community because there was this massive decrease in like the sort of 50s to 60s to 70s where it's no longer societally expected that you must go to church. Um, Mm. And so there's all this concern about like, are people... Are people leaving religion, basically? Um, and it's it's definitely true that the obligation has gone um, in that sort of societal pressure sense, at least in, in some contexts. But so but like these things are still really important. Right. So it's actually interesting because like in which one was it? It was in one of Brene's, Brene Brown's books. She talks about collective catharsis and the importance of it. Um which you can especially see in things like sports games, right? Where people mm. need this, like, we're all having this collective experience together so that we remember that we're not alone in in the joy and in the, like, tragedy of life. Um, which yeah. is why doing things like funerals are so important or some kind of memorial service um, that's not really about religion, um, that it's it's more about this, like, human need for collective experience together so that we remember so we remember that we're not alone um yeah so all these like is religion dying things i've always felt a little bit of an eye roll at them um Mm -hmm. are millennials killing the religion industry yeah it's like well (laughs) i mean what what qualifies as religion and like yeah I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what qualifies as a religion. I mean, it's a, if you study the sociology of religion, it's like anything can, right? Like Star Wars mm-hmm. could, or Star Trek. Who knows? Star Wars could be religion too, maybe, right? But if you think mm-hmm. about these like systems of meaning and like stories that we tell to make meaning and collective experience, um, that's, that's pretty open-ended. Um, hmm. And I think the question is, are religious communities actually meeting the moment? Like, are they stay? Are they lively? Are they staying alive in the sense of being connected to the world as it is? Hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's a million studies on this. Yes, which none of which I've read. <laughs> but like, I read are, some like ten years ago. Okay, are people replacing what they used to get from religious community and getting those needs met in some other way, or is it just that? those needs are going unmet that's a good question an increased like sense of individualism and increased dependence on like things that you can buy to fill yeah or to pseudo fill yeah some of those i would be concerned about the latter um yeah i think i also don't want to discredit like different ways of forming connections um I mean, I clearly am someone who is very tapped into the world of religion. So this is my, like, area of expertise. Um, But I'm sure there are, like, a whole host of other ways that you can find things that are meaningful. Um, Yeah. I think that... I think one of the things that is really important is having not only spaces of, like, there's a shared sort of value because that can be very shallow um, because you think of all the like, I don't know, influencers who have t- tons of followings on social media and there's sort of this value of whatever like beauty ideals or things that are like 
okay, that's a thing that you're saying that you value, but is it truly adding meaning to your life? Um, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like a I mean, I'm... Laurel wandering in a field and then being like, where no, are I mean... we? <laughs> Listen, fields are relaxing. It's I know. Fine. I'm looking at one. I live next to a park. <laughs> um, so, I mean, part of it too is like people get different things yes. out of religious communities. People yeah. have different needs that those communities meet or fail to meet or right. try to meet and d- doesn't work for someone yeah. for whatever reason. Like there's a lot of different things you may or may not get out of well, religious and I don't community, wanna... which is, yeah. you know, distinct from, you know, religious beliefs. Like a religious community yes. is not the same as religion is not the same as Correct. like right. making meaning. Like those are, right. they're different and Thanks. I and I think it's helpful too to not like glorify the past in this no. like at that like in the fifties religion was amazing and like was mm-hmm. satisfying everybody's needs. Right. Yes, like that was not my intention at all. Right, no, but like even I'm just thinking about it and like, yeah, that wasn't like there's always the question of is this place that says it's for making meaning and community and sort of making sense of life and ultimacy like are we really living up to that is is always a valid question. Um, yeah. And I mean, there have certainly been plenty of examples, like the number of people who've been like, but the Crusades in response to me being a minister. And I'm like, OK, I was not part of the Crusades. <laughs> like, but I think I don't know I mean, how old part of what I they're am. saying is like, but the I mean, it's not invalid to talk about the legacy of totally religion and it or you know. anything right like right because you can play that game like the legacy of science and eugenics and atomic bombs like that's it sure can right yeah. like that's a it's a dangerous game to play um because all things of power can be misused um and so i think the question is like how are we using the power that we have um with integrity right which is again yeah. Now we're coming full circle about core values mm-hmm. and like walking the talk, if you will. Like, we yeah, are who we I say mean, we are. It's interesting that you characterize religion as a thing of power because, of course, it is. Like, yeah, come on. Historically and presently, it's totally an extraordinary source of power. Yeah. And in the broadest sense of the world, word, like we thought about like what counts as religion. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of different things that it's like. Yeah. Making meaning like those are right. central questions about being a person and how you think about yourself and the world and your place in it and right. all of that. Like, yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Um, right. So if you can control yeah. it, it's a good like it's a helpful tool if you're tr- if it's right. The goal if it's is supporting control. you. And yeah. And like, Yeah. I guess there's. <laughs> it's just I'm quite just a wandering about, like, that we're going it on. It is. So thematically appropriate. Wandering. Yeah, it is. We're going on a drive and we're taking some detours. <laughs> and what we've packed is a couple of microphones <laughs> and some knitting needles. Yeah. Right? I am knitting, knitting right while we yeah. podcast. There you go. In case anyone I'm needs to feel cozy. The... <laughs> yes, it's very like Higa. Is the like the H Y G G E? Oh, is like the... I've always wondered how you say that. Oh my that. gosh, Hi-gi? we don't know. I've never heard it spoken. I've only ever read it. 
or Norwegian. We don't That's even like... know what country it originates from. <laughs> I I want to say Scandinavia. It's Scandinavian of some variety, yeah. which is not a country, but like a general category. So yes. <laughs> anyway, it's we nice digress. To we do it indeed nice frequently. Um. It's also nice to feel catharsis. Yeah. Is my fun transition, which you did like, we have talked about that a little bit already. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's not only nice, like it's necessary. People need that. Humans yeah. need that. If you don't feel catharsis and don't process like things that have harmed you in your body, that's when people get sick. Right. That's like yeah. the body keeps the score. We, we've talked about this in the past and sort of research yeah. on trauma and bodies. So, Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, so in the context of the sermon you did about um, on the new year, yep, um, which is specifically catharsis around, like, you yeah. know, bad things that we have done, like repentance AKA and atonement. Catharsis. That's why it's the day atonement. atonement. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I know. Um, A nice, big, serious religious word. Super fun way to start is. the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. It's a big word. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think about this a lot in the context of like police and prison abolition. Yep. Um, because one of the things that, like, I think a lot about what kind of, what the world would have to look like for, oh. you know, yeah. abolition to be the like default assumption. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of interpersonal and emotional skill sets that oh, yeah. we would need to emphasize more. Yep. And one of them is this kind of yeah. being able to How do you get to step out? Yeah, and step outside of defensiveness when yep. someone says that you've caused them pain. Yep. And I think it's totally connected to the punitive right. way that we interact with each other in a lot of society, a lot of parts of society, because like the fact of you having done something wrong, you know, because we're so individualistic and right. unlikely to have like community level accountability or. Right, right, right. There's a sense that it's your personal fault, right? Instead of like, how did this start in the first place? Right. Like, so what were the conditions like, that allowed for this to happen? Yeah. Right. So it's like an attack on your essential personhood. Right. Rather than, like, saying something about, like, your actions. Right. It's about you as a person. Right. Immediately. And so immediately the stakes are a thousand and you, like, your yep. fight or flight kicks in and you have to defend yep. yourself. And they're just, I mean, you just can't live in that place and also take any real yeah, accountability. Yeah, I've been thinking about and, this, actually. And yeah. I think that universalism like sincere honest theological universalism is incompatible with individualism which i think mm -hmm. is why it's so powerful um and liberating yeah. because you because that dynamic of like you you did something wrong and thus like you're fatally flawed like that that doesn't that doesn't fly in universalism yeah. and like I cannot then be punitive back towards you because that would be like a violation of my commitment to our mutual humanity. Because um, mm. like, how do you be a universalist if your whole worldview is individualistic? I don't know. 
They're like yeah, and, fundamentally and at indi- odds. Yeah. Which is why universalism. <laughs> it is. It's really hard. Well, it's also so individualism is a spectrum. Yeah. Right. For like sure. the spectrum from individualism to communalism. Like. Yeah. Yeah. We like <laughs> we retain individualism up to the point where like I am a distinct human from you. Right. 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 Yeah. That's like, not what I. Personal boundaries. Right. And, you know what I mean? Like. Right. There's, that's not what I'm talking about. No, not right. at all. Right. And then there's, so like there's that individualism, which we like, we acknowledge the existence of the individual, which actually is. I don't think I would call that individualism though. I think I would call that. No. Um, so this is differentiation is, um, mm. comes from family systems theory, which is sort of the idea of like, how do family units operate as a unit? Um, and this would also be like group units operate as a unit where everything is sort of interrelated. Um, and mm. so you have to read the system. You can't just like rely on one person. Um, but so differentiation is the degree to which you. Let, let me get this straight. It's the degree to which you stay in relationship with the community. And it's sort of that like outward focus and retain yourself your sense of yourself at the same time. And Mm -hmm. so if you do one or the, if you lean too far in either direction, if you lean too far into like selfness, then you're not connected to community. And that's sort of like one kind of absorption. But if you lean too far into like our connectionness and you have no boundaries, it means there's like, there's not enough clarity between um, different individuals, which is, mm-hmm. which I think is different than saying like individualism to me is, is like FU society kind of, right? Like, mm. like the, the, the thing of sole importance is, is my individual self, um, and my like lone freedom and I self-determine and like, I'm not influenced by history. It's this like weird like bubble person idea. Yeah. Um, it's a denial of interconnection. Exactly. Yes. Yes. That's yeah. a much better <laughs> description than bubble person. No. I mean, bubble person makes sense though, because like, yeah, that's isolating from interconnection with others and also right. from like your environment. Right. And, right. Like, right. Anything else around and you. so like everything that you accomplish in life, like you did purely alone and it has nothing to right. do with, you know, gender, skin color, like wealth, privilege right um yeah yeah so that's what i'm sort of leaning away from but i also think like even within communities there's a sense of individual people within the collective Um, yeah so i mean and and where where this really starts to come up in really like annoying ways in my <laughs> life is <Yes>. like <laughs> people arguing against like welfare because of quote unquote personal responsibility. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, exactly. And so like, if I never hear the phrase personal responsibility yeah, again, no. it'll be too soon. Um, <laughs> which, but like at the same time, I believe like being accountable for like the pain that we cause others and like the way that we move through the world Right. Is a skill that, like, I would, like, more practice with, well, you know? like Yeah, that... because the personal responsibility thing is, like, air quotes, personal responsibility. What you're really saying is, like, 
I'm denying systemic influences, yeah. right? Yeah. That's that's a cover word. It's sort of like when yeah. I, in the sermon on Yom Kippur, like the idea that forgiveness like becomes this crowbar to be like, you have to forgive me, get over it. I didn't mm-hmm. do anything. Like that's not forgiveness um, in the same way that this is like, being a- accountability is a good thing, um, but you can't use it as this, like, each sole individual person is accountable for the way that the world has worked on them. Like, that that yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah. But that balance can be... It's hard. And it's it's hard to find, especially when talking about really severe harm that people do to each other, yeah. is when it gets the hardest. Yep. Um, but, I mean, it's... It's sort of hard anyway. I mean, right. you can lean, you know, well, and into so, one or the other. And we've talked, I think we've talked about this before. The idea that, like, even if you forgive someone, that does not mean you need to enter back into relationship with them. Right? No. That this is, like, no one is damned does not mean that someone who hurts you and then apologizes, like, automatically gets to be part of your life. Um, yeah, like they get full access. To yeah, you. like that's like, not no. right. That's this like overly merging. Like there are no boundaries. Nobody is a distinct person. Everyone is at like it's. It feels like a weird like love commune, but in a way that gets very creepy kind of thing to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean there boundaries. are. Yeah, I mean there are different extents to which people live communally and again like because our society is obsessed with money and about money like i think of it as like financial like communalism like there are people in intentional communities who who completely have merged their finances yeah like who have chosen to be in an intentional community together and they share all their income and expenses right like it's all the same yep um and i've thought about like different Intentional community is, like, the hip word for, like, commune for people who don't (laughs) want to say commune. Um, Uh, Which I feel like also (laughs) historically is, like, what would the term, like, kingdom? Or, like, I've, so I've been watching Game of Thrones because I finally got talked Mm -hmm. into it, like, ten years later. Um, But I heard that ending was so bad. I have heard that, too. I haven't gotten there yet. It's both very cringy, deeply cringy. And also weirdly fascinating. Um, but anyways, like, even thinking about that and this, like, lords of a certain region, in in a certain way, that is also a kind of sort of communal living, which obviously has, has very serious power structures involved. But it's still this sense of, like, this is a an area where all these people are, like, in some way sharing resources to sort of try to support each other. Um so, like, it's not like this is a new idea, right? Like, this is not mm. – this did not get invented, like, in the 70s with the, like, VW bus. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> I will, like, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, part of, part of the reason I am, like, interested in the concept is because, like, it just feels like it would be cool to live in the dorms again. Right? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just want to be able yep. to be able to, like, have my own personal space, yep. but also, like, be walking distance from most of the things I need. Yep. Be, like, the default is that there's someone around who I know and like. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's rare for me to, like, be 
right. somewhere that I'm not within like two, like 30 seconds of someone that I like talking to. Right. Um, you know, like, I don't know. So I've just been, I've just been thinking about how, like for people who are not married, who don't right. have like a traditional nuclear family, right. like the options for like are limited built in community in your daily life yeah in like real true deep like com- like community are not super common so well and i will say so i remember so i was a sociology anthropology major in college and i remember um one of the things that we learned about was different kinds of economies and like gift economies versus um, like a capitalistic exchange economy. And one of the other things that we learned about was different kinds of kinship structures. And this idea hmm. that in, with like the sort of wealth and privilege factor, you can get more and more isolated because you can outsource all your needs. Um, but in communities that are have less and less economic resources, there's more and more reliance on each other. Mm-hmm. Um And I remember being, right, having grown up in, like, a very white, like, you know, middle-class-ish somewhere type of community, like, in the U.S. This was, a like, a novel concept to me. Um, But it's not like it doesn't exist, right? That is a totally Mm -hmm. valid way of, like, holding an economic structure and a, like, familial kinship structure. Um, It's just been obscured by this, like you have to have a one family home with two cars and like 1.5 dogs. So that, that half a dog is really, <laughs> it's called a cat, a horror show. <laughs> um, you have to share with your neighbor. I, I mean, there's a lot of like, well, and I mean, there's a lot of framing of isolation as a luxury commodity. Like if yeah. you can have like a private jet, you know, yeah. a private booth, Right. Like which is supposed to be good but also can be like deeply well, well like unsettling. You know, you can live in a private like huge house far away right. from everyone. Like Right. You know, and it's sold as privacy but it's really isolation like right. <laughs> Yep. You're not very private anywhere if you have a phone. Anyway, right. that's right. another story. Right. It's not but, the covid um, vaccine everybody. It's the cell phone <laughs> with the microchip. The 5G. Yeah. No, that's another thing. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yes, please get vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, like, if you're gonna, like, if you're not okay with, like, if you think there's a microchip in your, like, in the vaccination, then definitely get, like, a password manager or something for your <laughs> yes. phone. Misplaced and, like, concern. Start, yeah. Start using, like, private chat, like, signal. Don't use, like, messenger. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Just, you know, data security tips from Amanda Hall. Tips. I mean, I need to know more about them anyway. Like, I mean, we all do. I know. I wish I knew <laughs> We're about like it, very far anyways. afield. What are we talking about? Safety? Collective. Catharsis. Catharsis. Safety and catharsis. Nice. Yeah. So another, like, I love the idea, like the Yom Kippur yeah. repentance thing. There's another... Um, like story I heard about um like a shared like catharsis yeah. that I thought was like so it just sounded really cool. It was on a recent like this American life. Uh I think the episode was called The End of the World as oh, we know how it. nice. Okay. Well, that the could first, be good. The, yeah. <laughs> 
the first <laughs> the first or like the first act or whatever was about like climate change which is yeah. a whole other thing yep um but then there's this like tradition in santa fe new mexico where like it's kind of like a version of burning man where they have like <laughs> this massive like five story tall like marionette puppet amazing named and his name is Zozobra. Nice. and he's like the embodiment of like gloom and so people put their glooms in him which oh. means like they it's called your glooms so you like write down something that you want yeah. to like let go of right. or whatever um like some one woman put like her old wedding dress from a yeah you know after she got divorced she put her old wedding dress and says yeah um someone put like a like diagnosed illness yeah like the results from a test or something in Zebra. you know what i mean yeah yeah, um like all this really heavy stuff that they want to let go of and then like it's in this huge field and then they set Zozobra on fire and like this massive puppet like goes up in flames and it, it like from from what it sounds like it's very both cathartic and also like kind of like dark and like mob mentality like people yeah. are chanting to like burn him and like all of this well, stuff it's so it's collective right like it's not yes. just because burning your wedding dress alone could be cathartic but also like real weird and sad yeah <laughs> maybe liberating but also like you know but doing it but together doing it, is like yeah, everybody has in this these things big, yeah. This big ceremony. Yeah. Like it's acknowledging like it everyone has stuff they want to give. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like I would feel like so much later after that. Yeah. You know, Free. Like, there's not a lot of opportunities of opportunities for like real like community catharsis built into our society right now. I no, mean, it's like football games. yeah it's like like sports and movies like which are not like not not things to make light of and like that's not necessarily going to help if what you need to process is right your health diagnosis or your failed Mm -hmm. marriage or whatever it is right um yeah like maybe it'll help you with that right maybe which is which is honestly where like a lot of people end up going to religious communities when they don't know where else to turn mm. um so which is yeah. valid right like that is yeah, a providing valid assumption. opportunity for that yeah i don't know that i've i'm trying to think of instances of catharsis i've had in church i guess i've had a couple <laughs> <laughs> well we like sometimes uptight white you use don't always do good like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I cry listening to your sermons. Oh, thank you. That's, that's a type true. of catharsis. And there is, listen- like, when we're in person together, like, there are often multiple people crying. Yeah. Even if they can't that, tell. So that's different. But I, yeah, I usually listen to them alone because they're the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but but should, do you like- have some sense of, like, this is part of a community? Even when you're listening to it alone, does it transfer a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. It does make me think about, like, you know, the larger world and my place in it. Yeah. I don't know. This is (laughs) is personal. (laughs) 
I mean, you can choose to cut what you want to cut from the podcast. I sure can. There. Everyone, if this is still in the podcast, it's because I chose for it to be. Don't worry. <laughs> um. So there is. So we know about water communion because we talked about that. and We did it this month. And we know about flower communion, which comes at the end of the year. And so there mm-hmm. has been this. I don't know, like, any of the history of where this comes from, nor have I ever done it. Um, but there's also something that UU ministers have, I don't know how recent this is as like a ritual, um, started doing fire communion, which is like a New Year's ritual, which is actually this collective Ooh. burning. Um, and Ooh. it's like dropping in the things. I haven't done it because it's like li- literal fire. fire. <laughs> yeah. And you get something or you can get something called flash paper. Um, which like just instantly oh, yeah. combusts, but you have to be really careful handling it because it can just be explosive. <laughs> but, so no, I, I think... personally haven't gone there, although it's on my like that would be interesting. You should talk to my mom about it because I think my mom got these for us one year. Oh really? Um, Flash paper. Yeah. Yes. That's amazing. You should talk to her about it. Okay, great. Maybe this year <laughs> we'll do it. Who knows? That would be very <laughs> cool if we could do it safely. Right. I mean, I, I think the idea wanna... is flash paper is supposed to... Anyways, we're getting into fire safety land. We are indeed. This is not <laughs> my, my area of expertise, My dad's a building inspector, admittedly. so, like, the oh, kid in me has, like, gotten too many lectures <laughs> about building safety. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So, anyways. Maybe we can do, like, I don't know. But there are, like, all different burning. kinds of examples of this, right? Different ways. Like, f- fasting on Yom Kippur is another kind of this, like catharsis and like removal of something to give space for like processing other things and the sort of discomfort factor um yeah it can obviously be bad for a whole host of other reasons and so there are a lot of reasons that like you do not participate in fasting if it would do you mm-hmm. harm and not good um yes. so but yeah it's a good thing yeah i mean i i don't know i sort of wish you as them had more ritual i know this is this is why i almost converted to judaism because i grew up in a uu congregation and i was like guys are there no (laughs) rules (laughs) can we have some rules please (laughs) yeah oh i refused to go to sunday school as a kid because i thought the boys didn't take it seriously in my class and so i thought it was stupid well, that sounds like the boy's <laughs> fault, not yours. <laughs> Maybe I would become a minister in life. You guys are taking this yeah. seriously enough, fellow five-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. <laughs> that is, uh, yeah, that is um, definitely being very earnest. <laughs> it's one of my fatal flaws. Oh. I think, yeah, I've gotten significantly more earnest as I've yeah. gotten older, but it sounds like you sort of started there. You know, come full circle. There you go. <laughs> um, speaking of coming full circle. Yeah, where are we going on our journey? <laughs> uh, well, it's been 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. Um, so we should so stop we talking could... now is what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> we could go away. Mm-hmm. Any or final parting anything... words? Parting questions? Uh, everyone get your flu shot. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, get a password manager. <laughs> <laughs> password manager, update your passwords. Yeah, yeah apparently get... this is a podcast about safety now. <laughs> Data security. Buckle your seatbelt. Oh, belt. if we're talking about safety, 
uh, like know your neighbors. Yes, definitely know your neighbors. That is a good thing. Anyways. Well, <laughs> I don't have anything else to talk about. Great. We've completed our journey. Make sure you know what your core values are and reset your password. Yes. My core value <laughs> is that everyone should reset their password. And planners are great. And planners are great. Okay. <laughs> On Have that note, month, happy everyone. new year. <laughs> okay. All right. Talk we soon. will talk again in a month. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. For more information about what's happening at UUCSW or for ways to get involved, visit us online at uucsw.org. All are welcome.